Yep, I know that feeling. It's like, I can't afford to be sick. Leave me alone. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Go away, sickness. Mm hmm. Yep, it's, uh, it's rough, but, uh, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get through, we'll get through this, I'm sure, the, the two of us, um, together, two-person podcast, both of us are very nervous, what could go wrong? Yeah, we, we already had a, a pretty detailed discussion about how nervous we were before we realized the recording was a little messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that we uh, caught that pretty much straight away, and, uh, we're able to jump on it because imagine getting like 20 minutes in and be like, oh, uh, oh no, you know how we were nervous that we didn't have we, we might run out of things to talk about just between the two of us. And now we spent 20 minutes talking about what little we do have. Uh, guess what? We need to start start again. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend like we just didn't talk about all of this. Yeah, exactly. And and <laughs> I was actually interested in hearing about your your other podcasts, though. Mm. <laughs> which I, I brought up, but I, I do actually want to hear about that. Yeah. So so what was it that you asked, sorry? Um, I said something along the lines of you have experience doing two-person podcasts, right? Because of your other mm. podcast? Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think, so I, I do a, another person, another podcast with myself and Renee Skye. I think it's a little bit of different because we've just got a very, very familiar dynamic. Like we've, we've been really good friends now for like three or four years. And not to say that we aren't friends, obviously, Jess, but obviously we don't, I mean, due to time zones alone, we don't really get that much of an opportunity to talk together uh, that frequently. So it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a different dynamic, I guess, from that respect. Yeah, no, I, I hardly ever get to catch you online. It's, I, it's I know so you're unfair. online because I see clips and stuff, but <laughs> we, we're basically like perfectly positioned to be at exactly the opposite time zones for each other. The only times that I get to catch your streams live is when I've been up to way too late, like 4 a.m. my time, or if I've gotten up way too early, like 6 or 7 a.m. my time. And I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? And yeah, it's actually kind of the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got on, got, like woke up one, I think it was a weekend and, and you were still online and I looked at the time and I was like, it's eight in the morning and Drongo's still on? Oh boy. <laughs> it, but you, you were only on for like 20 minutes after that. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was short-lived. <laughs> well, look, it, it happens. It happens. But speaking of what <laughs> you're doing with your life right now, you are listening to episode 77 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. My name is Bloody Drongo and I'm hosting for today. And uh, I guess for the first time, it is just a dual podcast between myself and Woa Jess. How are you, Jess? I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit tuckered out because I had a nice long stream today. Mm -hmm. But other than that, doing okay. And, you know, I'm coughing mm -hmm. a lot too, but I'll be sure to mute the microphone for this, for, for my coughing fits. <laughs> <laughs> Fair or I'll do my best. Well, thank you. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, everybody will con will be be pleased with your consideration. It's you're uh, very welcome, future listeners. <laughs> I, I I've I've had a bit of a, a an exhaust. Well, not, I don't know, not exhausting, but just like a a bit of a draining couple of days uh, or a couple of weeks actually. Like I've been very very busy on other platforms outside of Twitch. And I really feel like I've hit another gear in terms of what I'm doing 
um, which has been nice. And uh, part of that driver was the fact that one of my IRL friends, Dan, shout out to Dan if you're listening to this, has started doing some uh, edits for me. And uh, that... (laughs) That has immediately started paying off, like the literal first short that he made for me. Uh, I think on YouTube, I think all of them have gotten over a thousand views now, which is pretty Dang. good for my channel. Yes, send send Dan my way. Although I do already have a video editor named Dan, so I'd have like two Dans. Oh, really? Double Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Double Ds. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was good, uh, hitting, hitting those analytics on, on, on YouTube. Uh, and I've also been doing some longer form edits and stuff myself for the YouTube channel, like some curated stuff. But, uh, over the course of the last like 24 hours, my TikTok has just gone absolutely bananas. I think at the time of recording, I think across the, all the videos that I've posted, got like nearly i think we're in closing in towards um like four hundred thousand views across all of the videos like it's it's just mind-blowing that's amazing that's like four thousand four hundred thousand more views than i have on my tiktok because <laughs> you're not on tiktok are you no i like i've thought about it but the there it, it keeps bouncing around that the u.s is going to ban tiktok Mm. And so I'm like, well, there's no point in getting on TikTok if it's just going to get banned and yeah. it's still not banned. And I'm like, do I get on TikTok or do I just keep twiddling my thumbs? <laughs> it's it's really difficult, I think, when there's like that level of uncertainty of what platform is around and whether it's worth your time to invest in. Because I feel very similarly to Twitter at the moment. There is just so much uncertainty as to whether that platform is actually going to be viable long-term, especially for somebody who is like outright refusing to give an Elon Musk any money at whatsoever. Yep. Yeah. Um, me too. I'm like, I'm, I haven't like deleted my Twitter account or anything, but I'm mm-hmm. like very, cons- cons- very heavily considering starting a new somewhere else like Mastodon or, or Blue Sky. But at the mm. same time, like I, I don't know what audience there is there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's it, it's a different type of analysis paralysis. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And like it's it, the, the irony for me is that I was actually subscribed to Twitter Blue before Elon Musk took over because I like the extra analytics that you got and also the fact that you could edit tweets. Because if I had a dollar for every time that um, I'd misspelled a tweet and noticed like, I don't know, like <laughs> almost immediately after. Uh, Just a quarter of a second after hitting post. People actually engaging <laughs> with it. Yeah. And... Uh, I would be like, oh God, what, why am I like this? So being able to actually go back and edit them real quick and fix up little typos like that would be, uh, was, was really handy. And, and then of course Elon took over and it was suddenly like, I think twice the price, like it was, it was close to twice the amount that they wanted. And I was just like, you know what? No principle alone. I'm not interested. Go away. Yeah. No, I feel that. That's how I feel about threads too. Mm. Yeah. Well, we will be covering that later in the episode. So if That's you want to hear us talking we will about be. threads, uh, stick around. But uh, 
yeah it's it, it's it's i think as content creators it can be really difficult sometimes to know where to spend your time and energy because i think both of us are well acquainted with the idea of just having pretty limited capacity for focusing on different things at a time and it can be very very draining to try and spread yourself thin across so many different things yeah absolutely i've been i've been dealing with like some health stuff recently and also some mental health stuff like physical health stuff Mm -hmm. but also mental health stuff i took a week off and it was really really great for me mentally and Mm -hmm. i like i i can't i ease myself back into it and like i still haven't taken on like a heavier workload since Mm-hmm. because it's been good for me mentally but also i've come to find out that i'm just literally too stressed <laughs> like mm. according to blood tests like i'm i'm destroying myself with stress so i'm like okay i need to try and learn to relax <laughs> so i've been like reading instead of working and it's been nice but also i'm just like there's so much i need to do <laughs> there's so yeah, much i need it- to do <laughs> And that's where it becomes really difficult because then you'd be like, you get stressed out at the idea of having to be relaxed. <laughs> I mean, at least that's me. Like if I have a period where I'm like make, taking a day off and then I know that I've got stuff that I could be working on, I'm like, okay, no, I've got to really make sure I make this uh, relaxation time count because I'm <laughs> busy and I've got stuff to do later on. So I've got to really relax hard, you know? How, yeah how do you off. even just relax hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it is yeah it, it is tough and i'm sorry to hear that you've had the you know those health issues uh it's, it's well not fun. no it's not but the, the way that i see it is i've been feeling like really awful for quite a while now like half a person mm-hmm. just it's been tough like just going day to day and i've been speaking to doctors and stuff about it and it's just been Eh, you're fine you know you're fine you're what you're saying makes no sense and so like i finally got a doctor who ran some tests and it's just really i don't know relieving validating to sure like results actually come back but yeah i mean ideally this wouldn't be happening in the first place Mm -hmm. but at least you know i it's a path forward to address stuff yeah absolutely like i I mean, we've we've briefly talked about this in in Discord together, um, but I kind of went through something at least somewhat similar um, in terms of like being validated that was something wrong <laughs> with me uh, back in oh god, I think it was like late 2021 now, uh, which feels like a lifetime ago almost. But I was uh, I haven't really talked too much about this publicly, so maybe this podcast will be perhaps somewhere where I actually share a little bit more about it, but I was diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's disease, which disease, which is like a, a thyroid uh, autoimmune condition. I know and all about it. I'm right there with you. Yay, <laughs> there we go. Hashimoto's friends. Hashimoto. Yep. Mm, I'll, I'll, Hashimoto's I'll thyroiditis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come up with a catchy name for it, for the, the gang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which is which is tough, and um, you know, from my side, it was like, oh, so that explains why I feel really tired all the time. Like I genuine, like I felt really fatigued and run down, and that's you know one of the the symptoms of it. And uh, you know, I've I've always like, well, not always, but I've I've had 
uh, depression and anxiety from when I was fairly young as a teenager, but apparently that can uh, exacerbate or that is an additional symptom is like depression alongside that as well and uh, and, and uh, weight gain and stuff like that. And like for me, like I love food, but I'm also, I, I try to be, you know, reasonably active and i try really hard to be mindful of what i eat like i try not to overindulge too much and it was really really frustrating that i just was not able to make any progress in trying to lose weight and uh you know it it just felt really really difficult for me to do so and also hair loss as well was was something that i was uh having like actually my hair thinning out uh could be attributed to the hashimoto's as well so it was like a lot of stuff in my life where I was just like that I'd attributed to maybe just getting older like my uh you know metabolism slowing down you know my hair falling out you know getting more tired and (laughs) and slow it's like okay I've hit my 30s now everything's you know the wheels are falling off but it's like no okay there actually is you know something legitimately wrong with me oh yeah I mean your thyroid is I I usually describe it to my chat as like your engine, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's your gas pedal. And for all, every system in your body, it Mm -hmm. it is the the organ responsible for generating the hormones and things that literally run your cells and things. So when you have a failure there, all your other systems begin to deteriorate. And it's, it's not like, I don't know, life ending or anything. It's, it certainly doesn't, massively impact your quality of life under treatment but if it goes untreated and like under the radar it drastically can impact your quality of life and what you're able to accomplish yeah and that's been really really frustrating because i've as of recording you know my diagnosis and trying to find an effective treatment is is ongoing like I still sleep like on a normal day where I just let my body sleep as much as it needs to. Like I'll sleep for like 12 to 14 hours, which sounds great to a lot of people, but I still wake up feeling tired. Like it, it doesn't help to sleep that much. And, but if I sleep less than that, I feel like really bad. Like it, it comes back <laughs> to bite you. So it's, it, it's, yeah. it's a frustrating road to kind of go down, but you know, at least, at least there's like legitimately, something up but it's it's not always as simple as being like okay we know what's wrong take a take a pill or something it doesn't always just immediately you know flip a switch and everything's good but you're right it it definitely is uh better for it to be identified and treated than remain untreated yeah um i've i was diagnosed with hypothyroidism um i guess at this point like 15 years ago and oh, wow. nobody okay. nobody knew that it was like Hashimoto's until the last couple of years. And so it's an autoimmune condition, like your your body's attacking itself, destroying itself. And once you have one autoimmune condition, you're very likely to develop more if you mm. like don't get a handle on it. Because like your body just continues to degrade. Like it's not this simple, right? But um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like having discovered that it's Hashimoto's and everything, there's other triggers in my life that's making my body do like bad things. That's causing other systems to start go haywire, going haywire, you know, like my kidneys and things. It's not the yeah. best. So yeah. it kind of has a bit of a, a dominoes effect. It does. Absolutely. And like, 
autoimmune conditions run in my family. Like my aunt has ulcerated colitis and like my grandma had had rheumatoid arthritis. And so like both of those are caused by by autoimmune disorders. And mm. I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad I'm getting this work done. Like the, all these tests done. Like it's, it, it, it's something to feel good about, I suppose, like trying to get a handle on it. Yeah. Because your quality of life really does go down a lot. Yeah. And like, I, I can definitely relate to like the, the family side of things as well. Like my mom has uh Graves disease, which is, I think from my rudimentary understanding, kind of like the opposite of Hashimoto's. Like it's like, uh, I think Hashimoto's is hypothyroidism and Graves disease is hyperthyroidism. I think, I think that's right. I may be wrong. Um, citation. I don't needed. know. The citation but, needed. <laughs> it, yeah. It definitely does seem to be something that's uh, family related, but my, I don't think my mum was diagnosed until she was in her forties and so yeah, I, I guess I am somewhat grateful that I've been diagnosed younger so I can try and be more mindful and look out for things. But at the same time, it's like, man, I'm like 30. Like, come on, give me a break. That's how I felt when I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was a very, very active Fair. teenager uh, and like a teenager who could eat anything because I was so active. I loved food, mm. but I was on like all the sports teams and stuff. And I got mono. And so right now the, the leading uh, theory is that like the mono that I contracted from my best friend's boyfriend, not because we were doing anything funky, but because we <laughs> shared a drink. Oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> just something so simple as this. We just shared a drink. My, oh, my best friend went through like a whole thing of, did you cheat on, or did my boyfriend cheat on me with you? Like, no, <laughs> that is not what happened. And so I got mono. And ever since then, like, I just haven't been the same as I was before that. So that's the running hypothesis right now. That's is, rough. Is that it actually just kickstarted a series of autoimmune conditions. Series of unfortunate events. Health yeah, be loading. careful who you share your drinks with. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's, uh, that's gnarly. And I mean, yeah, I also don't want it to sound like I'm having a, a whinge without the self-awareness that uh, you know, other people have it worse, you know, but, you know, I think at the same time, I think most people can recognize that any kind of health condition, especially one that is, you know, chronic in nature is not always the best to deal with, even if it isn't like completely life ending or life changing, you know, it's still, it's still something to contend with and can be difficult to come to terms with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I spent more, more than a, a few years younger being really frustrated by the whole thing mm -hmm. especially going from being like a, a very healthy teenager like very very healthy like very athletic mm. yeah uh, i just, can i can imagine that would have been super frustrating to have to um you know kind of tr transition because yeah. i mean and at I, that stage like so much of your personality and your social life is built up around that stuff so not being able yeah. to move from that is would be really difficult yeah i had I had um, people on my, my teams, like, because I, I was on numerous sports teams and stuff. And, like, I was on the varsity teams and everything and, like, starter varsity not to be like, ooh, or anything. But I don't know what any of that stuff means. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the varsity team is, like, the best team. Oh. 
and and like the okay. team sports. So like there's JV and like JV one, JV two, and then there's varsity. So okay. that's like that's the team that usually has the best players. And then like to be the starter is to be like like team A, the A right. team. Okay. So is is this like in like high school or like yeah? Okay, gotcha. So like. In lacrosse, and I, I play lacrosse. I play field hockey. I ran track and stuff. I was wow. like starter varsity, and then just like a switch, you know. And suddenly, I was struggling with it so much. And I actually mm. had my teammates be like, "Yeah, so uh, what happened to you? <laughs> why oh, do you, why do you suck now? Just like <laughs> I don't know. Just where did it all go wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. And the and the and the story is shared a drink." Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I think. Well, maybe not so much interesting, but it is wild to think about, like how such innocuous and unassuming, tiny decisions like that can sometimes just have like the biggest impact uh, to our lives. It, It it it's it's crazy. Yeah, I know, and like I, I think back on it and just like that's so silly. It's just so mm. silly. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> sometimes you just can't, you can't turn back time, I suppose. Uh, but Isn't there a song about do, that? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is. Um, but what you can do is stick around for after the break where Jess and I will start to talk about maybe some of the games that we've been playing recently. Catch you after this. All right, welcome back to episode 77 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. You're here with myself, Drongo, and uh, Woa, Jess, and we are going to be talking a little bit about some of the games that we've been playing this week. Jess, why don't you take us away and tell me about Dave the Diver, because I have seen a few people playing this, but I actually know absolutely nothing about this. This one... So I think FG played this, and I really wish FG was here to talk to me about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I really wish it because I would like love to hear her perspective on this. I'm fairly certain that she played it. She has 15 hours of playtime, so I think she finished it. Wow. But it, it's a, it's an interesting little indie game. It's like a, it's an exploration adventure RPG type game during the day phase, and then at night it's a bit of a management sim. And on top of that, it kind of still has management undertones, like throughout the game, you have to manage resources, specifically like oxygen and things. And it's basically about this guy named Dave, who gets brought in to help his friend, maybe, I guess, contact run a sushi business, because he knows how to dive. And, and he wants, he wants Dave to go diving for him in this. Okay. In this location, that's an ecological phenomenon. Like all, I I believe if I got my lore correct, all of the like ecological or the, the, the animals and things from all over the world can be found in this one location. So it's a place for like super exotic sushi and you're responsible for catching all the fish and bringing it back to the restaurant. And then at night, that's when the, the bar opens, the sushi bar opens, and you help run it. You're like the restaurant manager as well. And so at a glance, it sounds really simple, but it's also a game that has just tons of little mini games built in. It has all kinds 
of like homages to like other games and anime and really gorgeous art, really funny and detailed and beautifully done cutscenes throughout the game. Um, I really love it for all those things it has to offer. But at the same time, it has a really, really massive flaw to me. And that is the game has almost no accessibility settings. You can rebind your keys and that's it. And uh... what's really terrible is the game has bad, like terrible screen shake. And so it's not all the time. It's just during certain mechanics, like when you're fishing and like some other mini games and stuff. But like the screen shake is so bad. I don't understand why you can't turn it off. And like just some of the mini games too had issues with like the background moving out of sync with your like your character. And what else? There's some like chromatic aberration. The big one for me has been screen shake for sure. And bright flashing lights. Lots of like assaulting bright lights and so like it's it's such a nice game and it frustrates me so deeply that it just doesn't have these opportunities to make the game more fun for other people like i have to close my eyes for instance when i'm fishing like i i know what buttons to mash oh that that's it too it has the quick time yeah. events for, like button mashing and so, like, I've memorized the buttons I have to mash, but I have to close my eyes and mash buttons. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, man, that's, that's such a shame. I mean, I know it's, like, for small indie teams, I know it's sometimes difficult to justify the, the time and effort it takes to go to making, like, really comprehensive accessibility settings, because sometimes, you know, that, that does require you know big redesigns of of systems and stuff like that but like there is a lot of stuff that you can do that is very very simple and at least from a non-game developer perspective doesn't feel like it should be that difficult like being able to turn off screen shake should be something that is pretty straightforward i don't know citation needed but like that is that is rough that is unfortunate uh especially when it kind of forces I you mean, to do things like close your eyes to do certain <laughs> mini games and stuff like that like that's just not a it's been taking outcome. me a lot longer to play through it than i expected and so like the, i was joking today that my penance for sticking with a game that i normally wouldn't play like that's so bad on accessibility is that i have to mention it like 10 times a day you know like oh this game's great except for the huge lack of accessibility features <laughs> people come in and they're like Oh, what's this game? Like, oh, this is a great game, except there's screen shake. <laughs> That's my, my penance to myself. It is overwhelmingly positive, though. It's a it's a really, really well done game. It's goofy. Like the writing is sassy and goofy and like sometimes a little bit too much. But I think it's like all on purpose, you know. I feel like half of it is just references to things I don't even I don't even know. Right, gotcha. But then, yeah. I, but then, as but, somebody who is also just bad, like we've talked about this before, as somebody who's <laughs> bad at like just general pop culture stuff, I totally understand what you mean. When you feel like something is probably a reference, but you actually have no idea, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, 
I'm fairly well versed in anime, so like I, I know I know the anime references when I see them. <laughs> uh, you've got a you've got a leg up on me there. I've got nothing. I I know nothing about anime. Like my anime experience is limited to like Pokemon and a little bit of Death Note, and that was a long time ago. Mm, Death Note's a good one. Yeah, but I mean, it's just if even if you just go on the Steam Store page and look at it, like it's just it's all pixel art and it's so mm-hmm. nice but then like the screen shake and you can even see like in the trailer video they're demonstrating the mechanics and i don't know like it's got it's got the quick time events right where like you have to you have to smash buttons yep. and everything and then the meter that you watch while button smashing is shaking with the screen and it's just like it's so it's so much mental stimulation i just gotta close my eyes Mm-hmm. gotcha yeah well, that's a shame, but maybe hopefully that's something they work on in the future. And yeah, thank you. for Yeah, sharing. I mean, that's that's why I keep saying like I keep playing it and I just keep talking about it. And hopefully mm-hmm. that like maybe somebody will hear. And at the very least, like, you know, people are learning about it. Yep. And maybe maybe they'll take it, take the news with them. And at some point, you know, hopefully well, there'll I mean- be an accessibility update. That is one of the really amazing things, like not to go too far off track, but that is one of the really amazing things about, uh, you know, yourself and, and Kiri and FG and Blind. You know, I think, uh, you know, all of us universally love to advocate for accessibility in video games. And there is a huge portion of the video game consumer audience that don't really have a lot of the time uh, big voices to help advocate for that stuff. So... It is super important. So I've got to talk about it and hope that it gets here, uh, heard. Yeah, I hope. I, FG said that she had like tried during early access when she was playing it to to get some settings added in and it just never mm-hmm. happened. And so that's a shame. I don't know if if the devs are just really against it or if they just aren't listening or something. I don't I'm not sure. That's uh, hard to say. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's move on and talk about uh, one of the games that I have picked up recently for the very first time. And I know I'm very late to the party here because this is going back quite a few years when this first came out. But I picked up and played for the very first time in the last week uh, Deep Rock Galactic, which is a dwarf, space dwarf, uh, first person collaborative shooter slash mining exploration insertion extraction game and i've it's been one of those games that's been on my list to play for a long time because i love dwarves i love sci-fi stuff i love like mining and terraforming i like the kind of four player dynamic of multiplayer that you get in games like left for dead 2 and and, and stuff like that I, I really enjoyed that whole thing, but it was just somehow being one of those games that I've just been interested in, but never motivated enough to go out of my way to actually play it. And what I actually did recently was had a a mod takeover stream recently where my mods got together and organized three games to surprise me with to play on the night. And... Uh, Deep Rock Galactic was one of them and I had a great time with it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun and it ticked all the boxes I thought it would in terms of stuff that I enjoy. And 
the other thing about it is that it's been around now for quite a long time and it is really polished and really, really nicely done and really good attention to detail. And you know, when you play those special games that have kind of got those really committed communities built around them and you can immediately see why when you play it because they're just it's the the developers have such an attention for detail that it is evident in what they've made that they love what they've created and i think that's a a, a wonderful thing so i had a really really good time with it that's amazing i'm i'm behind the times on deep rock galactic as well i think i own it but i just haven't yeah i do i just never played it properly yep. I've, I've gone through the tutorial and that was it and it's i know i should play it i i've mm -hmm. i heard it's great from like everybody i just have it <laughs> yeah uh, look uh, that's the <laughs> that's like the stream away right is that <laughs> you have <laughs> a million games begging for your attention and sometimes you just want to go with what you know and what you know you'll enjoy rather than you know taking a risk or or playing something else You've, we've all got limited time right and sometimes even though we're we can be confident that we'll enjoy something it's it's hard to kind of make the commitment and just just go okay i'm going to play this yep absolutely are um, you going to play it more or is, was that just a one-off <sighs> to be honest i so due to the multiplayer focus on it, I don't think it fits with my core content because my core content is very much engagement based. And I think we both know that whenever you do a, yeah. a stream that has multiple people involved, no matter how hard you try, that does wind back the engagement a bit. Yeah. And that makes it kind of difficult to justify as a, as a regular thing. I think it's something that I'll play on stream again in the future, but it would likely be for like special events or something like that. Uh, Makes sense. And it's something that I could see myself playing with friends off stream as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, those random times where we never line up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of playing things off stream you have been doing some gaming off stream right jess yes i have been playing just bucket loads of diablo 4 <laughs> and i know i said i wish fg was here but now i wish kiri was here so i could talk to her about diablo i know she's been streaming it i haven't i've i've been hesitant about streaming it because mm -hmm. i am actually new to diablo uh. as a whole I, I saw some like lore streams from from other streamers leading up to it and everything. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm versed in what happened in one, two and three. And okay. so four, four is my first experience with an ARPG like this. Like I've done ARPG lights, you know, mm -hmm. I don't I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But I'm not unfamiliar with an ARPG, but actually D4 almost feels a bit like an MMO. But yeah, I can see that having watched Kiri play it. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's been really awesome, but it's just it's a very complicated game. Like the theory crafting and and min maxing and everything is like it is it runs deep in the game yes. and the the reason why I'm hesitant to stream it is I I really don't want to to get on get online and play it and like show what I've been working on and what I'm doing 
to people for them to just be like, uh, why are you doing it that way? You're playing this <laughs> yeah. game completely wrong. Yeah. Actually, you like, suck at this. You should just, you, you should just uninstall. You know how, <laughs> you know how you put all of those hours into this and you know, you feel like, you know, if you feel first attempt at this, that you've done really well and that you've you know managed to, you know, you're kind of low key proud of what you've achieved. Uh, well, guess what, gamer? It's all <laughs> wrong. You suck. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of know it too. My, my moderator and I are like playing a lot, just mm -hmm. off stream together because like we're in similar time zones, and he is like all about it. I think he's played like tons of Path of Exile, tons of like old Diablo and everything, and right, so he, yeah. he is like theory crafting the heck out of the game, and yeah. <laughs> and he's like. Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to stream this so I can look at everything that you're doing wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just like, no, this is why I'm not streaming it. <laughs> Never. Do not look at my work. Just let me enjoy this. And I think I think that's uh, good that you do have, like, something that you're just enjoying off stream that's just for you. I think there is always a, uh, a, a, a pressure to kind of share everything that you play as a streamer. But some, sometimes it's okay for just something to be for you to enjoy. At the very least, and until I like hit endgame, I've I've mm. already like I, I've already played through the campaign and everything. I've made it to world tier three, which is like the the third hardest difficulty out of four. You have to complete the campaign to get to even begin to access world tier three, and then you have to beat like a very hard trial in world tier three to go to world tier four. So, like, you have to have a yeah. somewhat high-level character to even begin to stand a chance against these these enemies and, and things. So I think at least until I, I get to World Tier 4 and, like, actually make, uh, like, strong decisions about what I'm doing. Because, like, right now, like, my gear is, it hasn't been personalized, you know? I'm kind of just going with what I find and making things work as needed, but I, I haven't actually, like, dug into it and like researched all my affixes and everything and like where to find the gear that I need and, and all this and which paragon points to grab and what skills to use. I haven't done any of that. I've just been learning as I go and theory crafting as I go. And I know it's wrong. <laughs> I know it's not optimal, but that's why I'm liking it. I'm, I'm learning it. The like, you know, the playboy. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe once I get to, you know, the, a point where I'm I'm ready to just be assaulted by the backseating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it to myself for now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something as well that I don't think, if you haven't streamed yourself, it's kind of hard to understand that it's like, you have so many things vying for your attention, like trying to be entertaining, trying to make sure that the tech and software is working um you know constantly like troubleshooting and, and community management and uh, and then on top of that trying to learn and play a game in real time and trying to juggle all of those things and then on top of that trying to add in the factor of like like i am coming to the like i'm doing this stuff for the very first time and then getting real-time feedback that often conflicts with other real-time feedback yes. can be really difficult to manage. So I think Absolutely. it's totally fair to um, say, okay, I'm going to get to the end game. So I'm familiar and comfortable with everything before I start looking for outside feedback, because then I know what I want to prioritize and, and listen to. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's not that I'm against it. I just, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. Totally understand. Um, well, uh, let's, let's talk about something else that's been giving me feedback. Uh, and that is, <laughs> uh, Skyrim, <laughs> believe it or not, which I guess the theme of my gaming at the moment is I'm just like back in 2011, pretty much with everything that I'm playing. But there is at least a little bit of a twist with this, and that is that uh, I've been playing it with a mod that integrates AI uh, into a companion that accompanies you in the game that you can talk to with your voice, like your microphone, and have responses come back to you in real time. And it is, it is wild. It is really, really interesting. It adds a really fun dynamic to the game. Like Skyrim, I adore, like I really enjoy Bethesda games in general. And this adds a really, really fun dynamic to it. And I have to say as well, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not like a trailblazer on this. There are other people that have been doing this. And uh, shout out to Blind as well for actually bringing my attention to the fact that other people were doing this and kind of like giving me a nudge to try this out. Because honestly, uh, if it hadn't been for that, I probably wouldn't have. And uh, I had so much fun streaming this and the reception from the community has been overwhelmingly positive and that's awesome. It's created so many memorable and, and hilarious clips. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Ever, ever since blind brought it up, I have also been thinking about doing it, but the thing mm-hmm. is I've never played a Bethesda game on stream. I don't think. Oh, and like I've, I've played them myself. So are you, do, are you actually doing like a full run? with this mod or are you just like goofing around i'm i'm mainly just goofing around so the the way that i structured it was i was letting the ai actually decide what we would do and and where we should go and what the priorities were and so and because it does actually cost money to run the background systems like the open ai and azure which is what the software that handles like the text-to-speech stuff uh, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily practical to try and do a full playthrough just because that would be quite a lot of hours. And as a right, result, that makes like, sense. you know, a decent amount of expense. It's not, it's definitely not prohibitively expensive. And especially considering you do get a bunch of, uh, complimentary credits to both systems when you sign up and get started, but it, it, it does cost and, yeah, it's it's something I kind of it, it's something I also from my side I want to have as something that's a little bit more special and not my core content, but something that people can look forward to and and perceive as something a bit more special when it does happen. And so I've been mixing it in with doing permadeath runs, and that is trying to do like the full main campaign as uh as intended without any mods and just playing permadeath master difficulty with survival mode on which is just a, a ludicrously difficult task and we have slowly been being uh, have slowly been getting better i think my pb now is like level 13 and <laughs> getting up to the breaking into the thalmor embassy uh, that was where i died uh on my personal best character but is that the one with the like the party Oh, yes. 
That's yes. that's that is where my main quest bugged back in the day, and I've oh, never no. gotten farther than that. Oh no! I wow, I played okay. I played my my own run like back in 2012 and i put mm. like, 200 hours into my game and then it, my quest no. bugged oh. i got hard hard locked out at the at that, the Elmore embassy and <laughs> that sucks oh, I'm since so then sorry. it's it is okay I've, I've since you know like cried my tears and gotten over it but like <laughs> yeah, I, I still want to go back and play it again <laughs> honestly i i think especially if you're if you're somebody that really wants to be on the cutting edge of graphics like i think the mods can help carry it uh to, from that perspective but for me like i'm not somebody that's bothered by graphics i'm somebody that's definitely more gameplay oriented as opposed to graphically oriented and so i really enjoy bethesda gameplay and the gameplay loops and the story and narrative design and the environment like the I, I talk about this all the time on stream but the environmental storytelling of bethesda games is unparalleled in the genre honestly and especially at the scope that they do it as well it is incredible and it is such a joy to be able to get like fully immersed into those worlds and just experience it like it's just oh it's Ugh, so much you fun. might you might convince me to try this <laughs> <laughs> i think i think from like if, if it was something that you wanted to go back and do uh like almost like a purely vanilla run with an ai companion through the whole thing i think that would be incredible content i think that would be really really cool <laughs> so, i wonder i wonder how my ai companion would would turn out uh, well, are the, you doing are you doing the, the the part where you allow chat to talk as well like if they if they cheer or something and i ha haven't worked out how to actually get that integration side working i i i'm sure i, I know it's possible i've seen other streamers do it i just don't know how <laughs> and, and i'm <laughs> too shy to actually reach out to them and be like hey can you help me i don't know how you do the things that you do uh mr magic man please please help me i think um, my chat would make a monster if i did it oh my goodness same <laughs> my my chat has already made a monster out of out of my ai it is <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> but it is it is really fun like you can go into the back end and alter the personality of the ai and and give it like parameters and a bit of a description because basically you, you go into the ai like software side of things or the i guess the priming i think is what it's called and you describe to it what you want it to role play so like by default the mod by the way if you are listening to this and are curious uh it's it's called herica ai companion mod and you can find it on nexus mods uh and by default she's programmed to be like you're you know you are a breton female you are sassy and you love jokes and um you know you, you are role-playing in the world of skyrim uh but like i played around with a few different things like i i i programmed mine to think that it was a, a dragon trapped in a breton <laughs> body and it, <laughs> that's awesome uh, it was it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun uh, I, I programmed her to love mayonnaise which tilted <laughs> my chat out of the absolute universe um it's it's it, it's so much fun and there's so much room for creativity i think if you are somebody that really enjoys trying to just make like little fun inside jokes with the community and and trying to have 
I think the one of the nice things about it is that it does give an opportunity for me to have the interaction that I enjoy and I think the community responds well to, but also have like something else that to react to and and have like stimulus from. Uh, and I think it creates a fun dynamic. So yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds really amazing. I I should probably go back and watch some of your clips. It's one of those times where I'm really disappointed that I cannot watch your streams live because I feel like it's probably great. Time time zones suck. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, I can't say anything too much about what the news is going to come up. I was going to say, oh, well, speaking of things that suck, it's time for the news segment. That's a terrible segue, um, <laughs> but I don't have a better one, but. If you stick around after this break, we will be talking about all of the news that is going on in the uh, content creator space and also in the team space as well, specifically, which is kind of exciting. So uh, we will catch you in just a moment. Okay, welcome back to episode 77 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. We are going to be talking about the news. Now, I think to, to start off, we will we'll talk about something we touched on briefly earlier in the episode, and that is the fact that Meta has come out with a competitor to Twitter, and that is Threads. And it's been a bit kind of controversial, well, controversial, is that the right word? Uh, it's been a contentious topic, I think, because of a few different factors. Uh, number one, it has been delayed in release in the EU because they are not complying with the EU uh, data use uh, regulations over there, or they, they appear to not want to at this stage. Um, and there's also some other smaller stuff like I, I think you ha you can't deactivate your threads account without deactivating your Instagram which kind of seems like a bit of a weird like forced link between the two and you know there's this and obviously meta itself slash Facebook uh, have a pretty checkered history when it comes to data management and their users and stuff like that so it's it's a it's a hot topic at the moment what do you think Jess uh, you know I don't, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I am the person who like swore off Facebook years ago. Mm. I have an Instagram, but I haven't used it in years because just personal reasons, like my, my own personal boycott. Mm -hmm. And like now they're here with a Twitter replacement when Twitter is just, you know, crashing and burning. And I'm, I'm kind of secretly hoping that it, it just like goes away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> fair that's please that's don't please please don't make me use meta use facebook oh that's how yeah. i feel about it i i i kind of i i'm in a similar sort of boat there's <laughs> part of me that wants to uh, that doesn't want this to be the thing that actually finally comes in and replaces twitter but at the same time i'm desperate for an alternative to twitter so i kind of want it to be at least a, at least a little bit of a success so maybe Twitter has to stop being like so massively anti-user friendly and like shoving monetization down everybody's throats. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a really weird time, I think, in the, in the social media space. Like there's a lot of just 
unusual things being done but i'm i'm very much in the same boat like i i i still have a personal facebook i haven't used it actively since about 2020 like before before the pandemic really but pretty actually no pretty closer to 2019 since i actually actively used it and it drives my friends some of my friends crazy because they're still avid facebook users and they're like oh did you see my event invite i'm like no (laughs) you gotta gotta contact me directly like a real human being if you want me to know about this stuff um and i do have instagram i i do occasionally use instagram like i my i've curated my instagram feed to be like animal photography and tattoos that's pretty much all it is and i'm happy with that like that's 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 stuff i like i enjoy it i don't use it much maybe like once or twice a week but when i do i enjoy it um, I actually, I really enjoy Instagram. Like the bit that I've been on it, mm-hmm. I I loved it. Like it, Instagram was a platform that I was just like, yes, mm-hmm. this is one I can get behind until Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> until Facebook. I don't remember when they, they took over Instagram, but I, I just have kind of steered away from it. I haven't, I've gone without Facebook now for maybe like seven or eight years, just ever since the, the, you know, 2016 election crazy shenanigans mm-hmm. here in the u.s and everything i just i i hung up my my book of face back then and and closed my account and so i still i still do have my instagram and it's just at this point I don't, I don't really know why like am i gonna go back to it am i not gonna go back to it the eternal debate and then like now threads is happening and like mm. I, need, I need to get off my my fence and go one way or the other <laughs> yeah well it's 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 hard i think because i mean ultimately the eu uh policies and laws around data use and consumer protection are i think generally speaking much more strict than most other countries which is a good thing for us as consumers i and totally agree something to be at least aware of and 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 probably concerned about but you know, other countries that have less stringent regulation of this stuff are already like, yeah, come on aboard. You know, we're open for business for for Facebook slash Meta. And so I think it's something to be always mindful of is, you know, when these big companies, you know, what they actually use your data for and, and what data they collect, obviously. But at the same time, like, I think they've timed to perfection the actual launch of the platform totally and because twitter is just increasingly just becoming more and more ridiculous like the i think it was probably in the last week we actually didn't have this as a news item but twitter in the last week has announced that if you want to use tweet deck you will need to be a twitter blue subscriber and you know there's a whole bunch of you know other quality of life stuff on the platform that is now being put behind a paywall and and oh and and the fact that it's rate rate limited as well so you can only as a free user you can only read like 600 tweets in a day or something like that that's like Citation literally needed, defeats it, the purpose it's, of Twitter. It's, it is it is unhinged the business decisions they're making like you know obviously i'm no expert i'm no you know big time ceo in charge of this i'm no you know software engineer but even like the informed commentators in the space seem to agree that it is just 
absolutely ridiculous the changes that they're making so i think and i think the consumer sentiment of twitter at the moment is so negative that twitter uh, that meta has really timed the, the launch of threads perfectly if it is if it is ever going to enter into the conversation as a proper competitor to twitter i think now is as better time as any in the last you know three to five years like it's it's yeah if and it's integration with EU instagram stuff, right i could see it taking off yeah me too i mean yeah which is probably a bad thing in the long run but maybe in the short term it's a good thing who knows uh it's it's tell, just hard to tell like the social media is kind of in a really rocky place like it's not just twitter mm. like reddit is in a state of dismay oh yeah yeah like and another yeah, one that changes I, there yeah yeah and like another one that is been going around in my i'm just forgetting what it is well anyways like things are things are just it's a weird time for social media and like mm. it's interesting being on the sideline and being like what's going to happen next but as a content creator you kind of need to be on top of making those decisions about like exactly. where you're going to take your content yeah. and i'm just i'm kind of just buckled up right now <laughs> i'm buckled <laughs> up for the ride but i think i need to like think about you know jumping in my own driver's seat about what to you, do you, yeah and that's the thing like ultimately you're right as content creators having a, a social media platform is usually something that is necessary i would say there is some some exceptions to the rule but i think generally speaking you need to have a social media platform to reach your audience uh and uh, and, and other uh, industry folks you know networking is is something that is is important to a lot of people including myself and I know at least from my side, you know, my personal Twitter, I would say probably like maybe 10 to 20% of my Twitter followers and people that I engage with are like community people. And then the vast majority is industry uh, yeah. folks and, and keeping yeah, up I would... with the, the trends and stuff like that. So it is genuinely important for our jobs to be where where the people are to 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 throw in the unexpected uh, Little Mermaid quote there. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i want to be where the people are and uh, it is important <laughs> yeah i suppose we'll just have to see where everyone finally ends up i know that there's been talk of like lemmy as a reddit replacement there's mm. um blue sky and mastodon for a twitter replacement and now threads yep. and i i suppose we just have to see where the ultimately where the industry finds itself yes and I, I think everybody else will kind of just follow suit yes and th and that's kind of where i've been on the fence like there's been a lot of things in the past i think like six months or so however long it's been since elon has taken over uh, twitter that i've I i've we've seen come and go as potential competitors but nothing seems to have quite caught and i've i've been very much on the fence of being like I'm, i don't want to sign up to a whole bunch of different platforms i just want to see where the industry ends up but given the fact that I already have an Instagram account and I do think if uh, that Meta is big enough to make a proper go of competing with Twitter, that I have gone ahead and made myself a, a thread uh, account. So, you know, if you want to go and follow me there, go and, go and check it out. But yeah, it's it's hard to hard to see what the, the future holds, I suppose. I, I guess we're just going to have to, you know, stay posted on it. 
Mm-hmm. Stay posted. But I can tell you one thing the future holds, and that is the Halcyon Frequency Game Jam. And uh, maybe in post, we'll be able to add in like a little cheer here, like, woo, Yay! or maybe not, and just make <laughs> me feel really cringeworthy. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's, it's huge news. Um, and I know, Jess, you've been working really, really hard on helping to put this together along with um, the rest of the team. Uh, so, give us the rundown tell us all the nitty-gritty uh for any potential game jammers out there both creators and players yeah sure so this this is going to be our our second game jam that we've thrown as a team the first one was last year 2022 it's actually pretty much the same weekend we decided to to keep it on a, a similar day just for you know consistency's sake we, we considered maybe doing like a couple game jams this year but it turns out that we have no control over time and it's kind of just in a vortex <laughs> and it's already July. So yeah, we just decided to go for the same weekend. The theme has not been announced yet, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been working on putting this together last year. Blind was the one who spearheaded it, but he's been like quite busy with a lot of his other projects and he, he, uh, I basically said, like, I'll try it, I guess. <laughs> I'll try and organize it. And so it's it's actually my first like project I've I've tried running like this for a community. And so I'm pretty excited about that. Um the the game jam is gonna be in about three weeks. And last year we had a limitation on group size. So we requested either like solo developers or like dual development teams and or duo development teams, I mean. And I, while working on this, decided that I didn't want to use that rule. Instead, I have, I have, I've, like, you know, I talked to the team about it and everything, but we've, I guess I should say we have decided to not really put a limit on group size as of right mm -hmm. now, subject to change. But the reason for this is a lot of feedback I got last year, like I, I streamed all the, the game jam games that people made and gave my feedback live on stream and, and really had a lot of conversations with the community about it. So many people came back and said that they wanted to join, but they were, they didn't feel confident in their abilities to be able to contribute to like another, with another person to pull a game together or even alone. Like they had a strong skill, but that skill couldn't supplement another person well enough to produce a game or, you know, like, they just didn't have enough time. Like if they could maybe, you know, help out a little bit to produce a game, like that would be good for them and everything. So this year we decided that we were just going to let people like, you know, party up, see what happens. Uh, I mean, if it gets out of hand, subject to change, of course. But what I am really hoping to encourage from it is, is people to like really just come out and feel confident being creative in a safe community. And so while like maybe mm. you can't code an entire game yourself, you don't have the skills for the art, or like maybe you only have a few hours to give, like I'm, I'm hoping that people will group up, you know, and like just really embody the spirit of teamwork, if that sounds sappy enough. <laughs> I think I think that's an admirable goal. And I think sometimes with these, like this will be my very first game jam. Like I've never, taken part in one i've never played uh as part of it i think i think 
actually don't know when I joined the team. It, it may have been just after last year's Game Jam. Am I coming up to a year anniversary on the team? Maybe. I actually don't know. I don't know. Citation <laughs> needed again. Um, but it, it it is a really cool kind of structure. And I really like uh, hearing stories about people. Like, I know a lot of friends who, you know, make games and develop games and and that that really enjoy doing like little game jam sort of sessions and a, a lot of them have stories about how oh you know we were working on a game jam and you know we're so limited on time and so limited on resources that it, it really breeds ingenuity and creativity and you can come up with some really cool little little masterpieces uh well, well not, actually no not masterpieces but like diamonds in the rough and they've been able to kind of take those ideas later on or concepts that they've used to influence other actual projects that they've worked on later on and i just love that kind of uh creativity and i think you know the halcyon frequency community in general is just one that is really positive and i think is one that i think if you are considering it and maybe a little bit nervous about trying to jump in um you know i i think it's it's safe to say that this is about as good as any spot that you could hope to start out uh yeah i know kind of test the waters i i would i would absolutely agree like we're there's no like crazy like formal prize pool or anything like we have ideas for to like award people who maybe like win objectively speaking, but like the idea is to just be really relaxed and yeah, let people practice their practice their skills and see if they like what they're doing or see just try new things, meet new people. Like who knows, maybe like like uh you might partner up with somebody who ends up being somebody that you go on to develop games again with. And I say this because my mm-hmm. my husband last year took took part in the in the Halcyon Frequency game jam and like has all year made plans with the person that he worked with last year to work oh, no together way. again. Yeah. That so is like amazing. I love that. They they just knew like all year, like we don't know when this game jam's happening, but we're working together. <laughs> and like I think that's just so cool. I, I want to give people the opportunity to like find those kind of partnerships if if they exist. And so if you are maybe wondering how you can get involved, I would totally t- recommend jumping into the community Discord. There is a category down in the list uh, where you can opt into Game Jam News because we we posted one announcement to the community, but everything else from there, I think, is just going to be announced like solely within the category. So you can opt in there, but then there's also, you know, like discussion channels and looking for group channel channels and just places to either like offer your skills or, or find someone to work with. Awesome. Amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. I, I really look forward I am to, too. to seeing what people come up with. And thank you as well, like, uh, for, for all the hard work that you've put into so far uh, into it's, making sure this happens. It's been well worth it. Last year's Game Jam has been my most favorite thing that we've done as a team. Like, honestly, it, I just, I loved it so much. The community reception was great. Like, so many people in, in just my community came out and made some like amazing stuff. I had no idea that they had, they had this talent, you know, That's and, cool. and I was just like, it's happening this year. If, if like I'll run it, if I have to, we're making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, good on you. Um, amazing. Well, I think that's all of the news that we have for this week. I know it's a little bit light, but you know, the, you know, uh, it's just that's us. Not always we're doing a bad the best thing. we can. 
<laughs> it's not always a bad thing. I don't know. Threads is big news. It, it, it can take up the whole space. I, I, and I would argue that the game jam is even bigger news. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And, and thank you, Jess, for joining me on this episode. It, I think it went well. I, th- I don't think we had anything to be nervous about in the end. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> tell, us a, tell us who you are and uh, where people can find you on the internet. Uh, well, that's tricky right now. But for the most part, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitch. I'm, I'm Will Jess. You can find me uh, twitch.tv slash W-O-A-H-H underscore J-E-S-S. Um, on Twitter for now, I'm at Jess underscore at the end. That's not my name, but you know, the, the middle underscore goes to the end. And same at you, with YouTube is Jess underscore at the end. And, you know, Discord and stuff. And maybe one day other places too. Amazing. We'll keep an eye out. Um, I have been Bloody Drongo, your host. Uh, if you want to find me, the best place to find me is over on Twitch as Bloody Drongo, all one word. Uh, if you are still a bit of an archaic dinosaur at this point, like me, uh, you can find me on Twitter as at the Bloody Drongo. Uh, if you are somebody who is cutting edge and already signed up for Threads, then you can be uh, to find you can find me as Bloody Drongo. Uh, same for my Instagram and also same for my TikTok as well. If you want to follow along with my Skyrim AI exploits and my <laughs> slight blow up on there, like mini virality, uh, then that's where you can find me. Um, so thank you. Uh, if you want to get more episodes of this podcast, you can go to halcyonfrequency.com or any other podcast platform. If you can't find it on a podcast platform, let us know and we'll get it on there for you. Uh, There is new episodes every Sunday. If you want to talk about this episode, you can join the Halcyon Frequency Discord. And a quick thank you to Peter Poole and Paul Miles for the music which you're hearing or will shortly be hearing. Uh, This has been the Halcyon Frequency podcast. Don't touch that dial. Signing off. That was powering down. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop this recording now. (laughs) 